the hard shoulder. All News Talk. With the all-new Nissan Juke. The Coupe Crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. As you know, we are charting the path to power on the hard shoulder from the debates to Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're doing it in podcast format format too uh, with our own resident comedian resident again Jim Elliott uh, Jim most importantly you're American of course so yeah. you understand these things and can take a sideways I look at the campaign so. uh, last week we were previewing the debates we were previewing the debates and it was an unbelievable car crash uh, did you stay up and watch it you didn't I certainly didn't could you make it through any of the clips without pausing and rubbing your forehead because <laughs> I couldn't it was difficult it, it certainly was not Gladstone and Disraeli absolutely not so it, that was that was an absolute mess and and then, uh, well, I got to tell you, after the debates, I went to sleep for seven days. Have I missed anything? Anything in the news? Are we no. still talking about Trump's taxes? Yeah, yeah, it's still his taxes. Still taxes uh, in the debate performance? To the oh, next yes, debate. absolutely. Great. Hey, hang on a second. Roll this clip real quick. Dad, do you know what Schadenfreude is? No, I do not know what Schadenfreude is. Please tell me because I'm dying to know. It's a German term for shameful joy, taking pleasure in the suffering of others. See, okay, so I wanted to play that clip for a couple of reasons. One, it's any excuse to bring in The Simpsons for uh, for men of my generation. A Simpsons reference is pretty much the only way we can express our emotions. But second, the reason I brought up that term is that uh, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, tweeted out on Saturday that searches for the word schadenfreude were up some 30,000%, and it was the most searched term that day by, quote, a comfortable margin. Which, what, of course, what was happening, Jim? coincided with a, a late night tweet of Trump's that himself and the first lady had tested positive for COVID. Everybody Googles schadenfreude when the guy who announces that he has COVID, he spent the last eight months downplaying COVID. You know, two weeks ago yesterday on September 21st, in the middle of his speech, he said, quote, COVID affects virtually nobody. Virtually nobody except him, his wife, the entire White House staff, everybody's got it. It's a mess. I wanted to take a quick look at his at his timeline from last week. Right? Yeah, because it has been a mess and we've been we covered it on the show I'm sure. with, with all these new diagnoses as Let's, they came in. But every remind 10 minutes. us where it started. Right. So to, we left Tuesday. Tuesday was debate night. Big deal. Yeah. One thing that didn't get a lot of press on debate night was that Trump and his crew arrived. Okay, so they tested everybody. They have these rapid response tests, take about an hour to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. He and his crew churned up to the debate too late to take these. Tests. They were operating on what the moderator called the honor system to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we've all tested negative. So they go through the debate. Was he positive? I'm, then? A, I'm in a crossword league that operates on the honor system. Well, you know and, what? That, and I have my doubts about some of the, some of the, some of the old ones, some of the old crafty mm. guys. So the debate night, then Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, he goes out to Minnesota. He's got a private fundraiser. He's got an outdoor rally in Duluth. There's a great clip from the outdoor rally in Duluth where he's just flinging Make America Great Again hats <laughs> into the crowd. Like Frisbees. Those it's hats are going to be great souvenirs, but I hope you left those in the car for for three days, Minnesota. I hope you didn't bring him straight into your house. Then there's the positive COVID test on Wednesday, we think. We don't even really know what day it was because on Saturday, his doctor gives a press conference and says uh, he was diagnosed 72 hours ago. And everyone went, wait a minute, Wednesday? That's before you told us. And he came out later and said, oh, what I meant to say was we're in day three of the diagnosis. So what does that mean? If you if you go three days back, is the, here's my question. Is the di- day of diagnosis, is that day zero or day one? Mm, is that yeah. the first day or day zero? See, this Good is the, question. It's the same conversation that Americans always have with Europeans about elevators. And if you get in the elevator, Lifts which in floor in. is the first floor? 
Is the first floor the, floor the first one? first one up off the, the ground. Now, see, to me, the ground floor is the first floor. It's the first no. floor that you walk into. See, there, that's the floor that's on the ground. You can't have a floor zero. That doesn't exist. No, that, that's why we've got G in our elevators. Exactly. And that's what we're talking about with elevators. But that's what, now what we're talking about with the health of the president. So maybe he tested positive on Wednesday. Maybe he tested positive on Thursday. On Thursday, the reason this whole story broke was because Hope Hicks announced that she tested positive. Remember who she is? She's the communications director. She yes. doesn't get a lot of press. You might remember her predecessor, Anthony. Scaramucci, the mooch. You remember him? He held that job for a cool week in the summer of 2017. She replaced him. Anyway, Trump's team finds out about Hope Hicks' diagnosis, and he goes to his golf club in Jersey for a private fundraiser and roundtable. How many people were there? They're not announcing. Are they being contacted? Who knows? Anyway, Thursday night, we get the tweet. Friday, goes to the hospital. He's in the hospital all day Saturday. Saturday was the only 17-hour period we've gone without a Trump tweet in the last four years. So I hope you got some sleep then, because that's all you're going to get. He's out. He's he's out. He's out. He's back home. Uh, I want to I want to pick real quick on uh, pick up on something on Sunday that you might not have noticed on Sunday. Uh, the update from the doctors on Sunday midday is that he's doing much better and he and he's stable yeah, and the, his fever the, is broken. These updates from the doctors were kind of a bit up and down. As oh well. my god! All weekend long it was a shambolic. It, was, it reminded me of the debate. Quite frankly, <laughs> we were saying what what is going on out here. But anyway, on Sunday it's good news from the doctors and they say he's feeling better. He might even go home tomorrow. Yeah. And there's a a tweet from 7 p.m. our time on Sunday night from Herman Cain saying. Keep praying God is responding. I see you squinting. Do you remember who Herman yeah, Cain is? Herman Sounds familiar, Cain, doesn't it? Did he run for president? He did. He was a presidential candidate in Republican 2012 Party? in the pre- in the Republican who Party. Who was he? He was a business executive, worked for Burger King and Godfather's Pizza, and then he became a uh, he, he rose to power with the Tea Party. Oh, that crowd. Exactly. So he, he was with them. So that that's Herman Cain, former presidential candidate, wound up uh, endorsing Mitt Romney. But what's he been up to recently? Well, over the summer, he emerged as a voice for the re-election of Donald Trump. He, he appeared at a lot of rallies. Okay. Okay. And stuff like that. He went to Trump's rally in Oklahoma on June 20th. He wasn't wearing a mask. Nobody there was wearing a mask. Nine days later, June 29th, he says, I have tested positive for COVID, and he died a month later. He was Hold dead. On. Yep. Jim, yep. He, he died in, in July. In, at the end of July. He tweeted when? He tweeted on Sunday. On Sunday, the account, The Herman Cain, tweeted their support of Donald Trump. The, his account has continued to tweet. Oh, that's creepy. It even started the week after his death. His account, just a bunch of pro, pro-Trump pro and anti-Biden nonsense, and it popped up in all the newspapers. And then finally, the, the account made an announcement, hey, this is being wrong by Teen Cain now. It's his, it's his family and his business. Continuing to tweet from beyond Whoa. the grave. One of their third tweets that they had after Herman Cain died was <laughs> saying that, the COVID, that COVID was uh, nothing to worry about and not too serious. They deleted that one after... After people pointed out that Herman Cain died of COVID. That is creepy. If you could tweet from beyond the grave, though. <sighs> I don't know. I guess I would want to know the basketball results. Could somebody tell me who's winning in the yeah. finals? Did LeBron ever pass Jordan? I, I think I just haunt people. Haunt I wouldn't like pray Specific them. people? Like if it was you, I wouldn't be, uh, Jim, heard the news. We're praying for you. God is responding. I'd be like, Jim, heard the news. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Hey, Sarah, you know what you did. I haven't <laughs> forgotten. Anyway, let's lighten it up here. Let's talk comedy for a minute because okay. I'm always here and I always have a little story. I got a little story for you about uh, about the world of stand-up comedy because this weekend I was thinking a lot about my fellow comics, in particular my fellow hacks, my fellow bad comedians because people always said when Trump got elected, this is going to be great for yeah. comedy. And it's not. It's ridiculous. It's a tragedy for a lot of people. Why? Normal times are great for comedy. Bad times, you think to yourself, well, I hope, I wish these people would actually vote or organize or legislate or something. Nobody needs comedy. Anyway, my point is, 
It's been great for hacks. It's been great for bad comics. Anybody who wants to put together an act can do a, a crappy Trump impression and wave their hands around and put on a blonde wig and maybe get a couple of gigs. So for those kind of people, I'm not saying there's I nobody like doing good comedy <laughs> about Trump. There are some people. There's a girl by the name of Sarah Cooper who's oh, a best-selling writer. Yes, she's the best. She's got a Netflix show coming out in a couple yes. weeks. So I can't wait for that. But I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the well, hacks. For people who don't just expect, oh, what does Sarah she do? Cooper, uh, for people who don't know. She's not, a, she's not an impressionist. She's not really a mimic. She plays audio of Trump's, unedited audio of Trump's speeches, and she just acts them out yeah. to the camera. And it's, and it's her it's facial fantastic. expressions. And sometimes the best thing about them is the expressions of the other characters she puts in. Exactly. So, like, it, the camera will cut to like uh, some medic reacting to what Trump is saying. And it's a completely <laughs> a original complete idea, which is why comedically I, I think, wow, yeah, you know, three, three years into Trump's presidency and she hit a new note. Like, I can't, you know, Saturday yeah. Night Live was trying for three years. They couldn't get anything. But she did. She's fantastic. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about crappy impressionists. Which brings me to Vaughn Meter, who you probably haven't heard of. Vaughn Meter was a comedian in the 60s. Uh, he was quite successful because he did an incredible impression of JFK. Uh, right. we, do we have that clip? Can we roll that? Now, you see, ladies and gentlemen, there is just someone going around this country impersonating me. I didn't mind around the New England area. I didn't mind around the Washington, D.C. area, but now it's gone just a little bit too far. See, that was him on the Ed Sullivan it Show. Does say, uh, to bring it back to The Simpsons, it sounds like Diamond sounds Joe Quimby. Sounds a lot Quimby. like Diamond Joe Quimby. Well, of course, I that's... said, shout out, Frenchie. Shout out. <laughs> but that's exactly, so. okay, so he was incredibly popular. He released an album called The First Family. It was just a comedy album of him and the, the whole family and him doing JFK. It was literally the fastest selling record in no recorded way. history the year it was released. <laughs> Okay, it sold a million copies in five weeks. It was unbelievable. So this is in 1962. 1963, the party comes to a stop after Kennedy gets assassinated. So, okay, there is there are comedy clubs at the time in New York and L.A. and all over the place, and everybody, the whole mood of the country is soured that week. And Lenny Bruce is famous at the time, and everybody knows Lenny Bruce takes no prisoners, and he makes mm. fun of everybody. He's brutal. He's a brutal comic. He gets on stage the week after Kennedy was assassinated. Everybody goes, oh, God, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And he doesn't say anything for a couple of minutes. He milks the tension, and he just opens by leaning into the microphone and going, well, Vaughn Meter is screwed. <laughs> and that was the end of Vaughn Meter's career. But that, that, got, that got me thinking about... What are we going to do when a president dies in office? The next two, the two guys who are running for it now are 74 and 77 years old. They're going to be 75 and 78, no matter which one wins. We're yeah. going to have to deal with whoever's going to die in office. Do they have a living will? Anyway, the whole prospect of that one of these guys might die in office is why this week you might want to watch the vice presidential okay. debate. What night is that happening? So we've got, that's tomorrow night. We've got, which uh, again, you're probably not going to stay up for it. So you'll wake up Thursday morning to all of the clips. Uh, we've got, you know, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. So we'll see what the two of them have to say for, with each other. Hopefully they won't be talking over each other as much as the first debate. Yeah, they couldn't certainly talk over each other more than Indeed. the uh, first debate. Listen, Jim, always a pleasure. Thanks a million for coming. Thanks in. very this much. Jim Elliott, comedian. <laughs>